So I've been a D1 athlete for the past like three and a half years. And before that, I grew up in an area where I didn't really see a lot of diverse body types. And Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Go With The Flow. Flow is an intersectional feminist group here at the University of Southern California. We'll be discussing different issues here based on our own experiences and also research that our members compile for us. I'm Jamie, the Flow Podcast Director, and today I'm here with Margaret, who will actually be helping me with the podcast, as well as helping with recruitment. Before we jump into the episode, I'm going to give Margaret a chance to talk about why she decided to join Flow and her role in the organization. All right. Hi, I'm Margaret. I'm a senior here at USC, and I'm also Flow's Recruitment Director. So a little bit about why I decided to join this organization as soon as I found it, I kind of knew that this would be like a really great group of girls to be a part of. And I love the mission and what everyone is doing. But I think my favorite part is how everyone is drawing from their own passions and applying those to this common goal. Uh, I know we all have very diverse backgrounds and skill sets, but I think it's really cool to see that people are using their own interests and applying it to this mission. Like even this podcast is just like really cool. And then there's the get ready with me's and like the newsletters and just all of it. I feel like really showcases how we're kind of united, but working in our own independent ways to further our goals, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And I think, like you said, I think the podcast is a great example of that because I kind of let, you know, our members can come to me and, and ask to film a podcast episode about anything. And, you know, right, I'm right. down because I think that being an intersectional feminist group, that gives us so many topics that we can cover. And I think that it's only going to grow because, you know, within a month or so, we're going to start having general body meetings. And, you know, that's going to bring in more members with different interests and stuff. So definitely excited to see what this next semester holds for us. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yeah, so without further ado, today's episode is going to be about discussing body confidence, especially as a female athlete, and I guess we'll move into our first discussion point. So first one is your personal experience and how your body confidence has been affected. Okay, so I walked onto the USC rowing team my freshman year of college, and I've been doing it ever since. I'm actually taking my last semester of senior year off just to kind of regroup and enjoy yeah. USC before I graduate yeah so I've been a D1 athlete for the past like three and a half years and before that I grew up in an area where I didn't really see a lot of diverse body types and I always felt that there was a certain mold that women had to look like like they had to be very skinny or you know not like any fat on their bodies and yeah. I always had this perception of what female athletes were supposed to look like and then I got here and I started actually training like an athlete and just all of that kind of crumbled away and it was very difficult for me to reframe how I looked at my body not as an aesthetic or for a specific look but instead in terms of its performance and it was really difficult to come to terms with okay you know I'm gonna put on muscle so I'm gonna be gaining a lot of weight and I'm going to have to eat a lot more and I'm going to have to not restrict my diet like I had grown up believing I needed to do. So it was a really hard journey and 
it took a while for me to learn to accept my body and really appreciate it for what it's capable of. But now that I have, I'm just so thankful that I've had this experience and learned to think about my body in different terms. And I just hope that other people can also learn to broaden what they think their bodies are capable of. So, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. I kind of have two things on that. I thought it was really interesting because I was looking, personally, I have never been much of an athlete. Like I did some sports in middle school and high school. I was actually a dancer for a long time. So, you know, I guess with that, I actually did that for a long time. And with that, I think that there's a whole other, you know, slew of expectations and trying you know, as much as some people might think you are, I firmly believe like if you're a dancer, like a competitive dancer, you are an athlete, but then you know, it also, it also is an art. So then there's, you know, an expectation that you still like look beautiful. And so I think, yeah, a whole other slew of that kind of thing that I guess I can touch on throughout this episode, but I also saw, you know, I was doing some research in terms of like some other female athletes, especially famous ones. And I thought it was interesting you know I saw like even a quote from Serena Williams that like you know one of the most famous female athletes ever that was saying something along the lines of she always gets comments that like she doesn't belong in like women's sports she belong in men in men's sports because she looks so much stronger than other women she's like no I just work hard and I you know yeah have trained my body to like be like this and I think that you know it's just kind of a ridiculous thing because you I don't think you know, to my knowledge, you never hear people telling, like, male athletes that they, you know, don't really belong there, especially if they're, like, killing it, you know? Right. (laughs) Yeah, I think the focus for women in sports is definitely less on their performance than it should be, and a lot of the times I see that the most popular female tend to also look a lot like what we think female athletes should look like but the reality is obviously that every sport is different and is gonna produce different looking athletes you know like a long distance like cross-country runner isn't gonna look the same as like an olympic weightlifter but both body types are valid and yeah definitely we don't really see that yeah and then i also gonna ask so did you do sports like in high school before college i didn't do rowing in high school. I was a tennis player, which again, very different body type, but never to the level that I did it in college. Like I wouldn't have called myself an athlete in high school at all. So it was definitely like a big shift. (laughs) Yeah. So did you, do you think that once you kind of took it more seriously, that it had like a bigger impact on, you know, your body confidence and how you viewed yourself? Or do you think it was kind of something that was always constant through your time in sport. Right. I definitely think it changed how I view my body. I'd say I was a lot more insecure about my body in high school, even though I object- I was a lot skinnier and probably looked more like I thought I should look, yeah. but I was way more insecure and just didn't have any faith in, you know, my abilities. And definitely once I was grinding in college and kind of just working so hard all the time, I definitely learned to appreciate what I was capable of more and stopped, honestly, like, giving a fuck about, like, yeah, small I was, because I, I just, like, at that point, I was, like, working so hard. It just didn't matter to me what other people thought anymore, so. Yeah, that's great. All right, well, we'll move on to the next one. Um, I kind of thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit about how 
the, how athletic clothes and sports in general are like marketed and how they're portrayed on social media and how you think that affects female athletes, especially, you know, at a big sports school like USC, I think our, our, our sports teams are, you know, all over social media. And Right. I mean, I've seen that, at least for me, all of the clothes that I find specifically in athletics, athletic clothes, the models tend to all kind of look a certain way. And obviously these like athletic models are more muscular than like your standard like runway model or like, you know, catalog model. But I definitely don't see any diversity in terms of this marketing strategy. And I remember I was talking to my teammates a lot about this because even on my team, there's a wide range of body types. And some of the girls will get really jealous of other girls on my team who just naturally will sit at a certain weight and don't need to monitor their eating as much or like we'll always have that athletic look that people have in mind and there's just at the end of the day no amount of training or practice that you can do to change your body type so seeing athletic clothes marketed towards this one very specific group can definitely feel isolating and definitely marginalizes a good portion of female athletes yeah and I think that also your point about the fact that different sports are gonna you know cause your body to look differently and I think at least like from my perspective like if you go on like Nike website I feel like a lot of the clothes are probably it almost seems like they're being marketed towards like runners or like people who are very who are gonna be like very thin like quote-unquote um but then, you know, you probably don't see, especially like something like rowing, you probably don't see a lot of like clothes that are specifically marketed towards you and just like right. athletic wear. Yeah, I have definitely noticed that. And I also think like the damaging part of that is that a lot of sports are considered not feminine to be doing. And there's definitely a certain stigma around some sports versus other sports which are more or less popular with women versus men. Like, I don't think rowing is really that popular or like considered that much of a feminine sport, but I see like there's so much buzz around volleyball. But yeah, I definitely felt like there was almost a hierarchy of female sports and some were just seen as inherently cooler than others. And a lot of that ties to how those female athletes look versus other female athletes. So yeah. Yeah, That's actually a great segue into like my third discussion point, which was how do expectations of male and female athletes kind of differ? And I think that that's a great one because I, I think for the most part, there's not a lot of sports that are kind of like restricted for men. Like there's not a lot of things that don't seem manly, like maybe volleyball, but I know like, you know, in a lot of places, men still play volleyball and like maybe dance, but I think also like there's a lot of I think they're, like, generally accepted. There might be, like, you know, a few people that are, like, that's kind of weird. But I think, you know, a lot of people do accept those more. But I think you're right. Definitely women are much more restricted in kind of what's acceptable for a female. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, like, the dance thing, too. Because I think that's, I would say that's the one example of a sport slash art form that really is actually catered towards women almost like mm-hmm. I think people see dance as this inherently feminine thing because it's pretty to look at but yeah in actuality you know 
at least like the dancers I know, they work harder than a lot of other athletes. Like I definitely consider them athletes and I, I know you do too. Yeah. Like it's so competitive. So yeah. it, that can be really damaging, I guess, for male dancers who don't necessarily get that support in their sport. Um, but in terms of male and female athletes, I think at least for me, one of the biggest differences I see is that male athletes are just respected for their game alone Mm -hmm. and female athletes are respected for both their game and their bodies whereas male athletes don't really get that emphasis on physical appearance that we get which is damaging but yeah other than that I also think a big trend I've noticed is that there's this phobia of getting big in a lot of Mm -hmm. female sports where you don't want to put on muscle almost, or you're scared to let yourself get stronger. And I don't think that men have that pressure at all. So, Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's almost like the opposite, I think, because I, you know, this isn't, like, we're definitely not saying that, you know, men don't have, like, body confidence issues and there's not pressure, because it's like, I think there is to an extent there's pressure for, like, men to get bigger and like an expectation right. that you need to like be muscular like you're not going to be attractive or you know whatever but right. yeah I think and I think that yeah I think your, your point about just you're perf- putting that extra performance or at the extra pressure on your performance is a really good thing it's like being an athlete I'm sure is like stressful enough without having to like worry about what you look like while you're and just like I don't know I think the whole there's just like a whole weird dynamic around like male versus female sports and like even just what people think is like more entertaining to watch which is always like interesting to me because I'm like they're both sports they both have talented athletes like I don't yeah I saw somewhere that the average NBA starting salary is 560,000 but the average WNBA salary is 50,000 which is an insane difference Oh my gosh. That's insane. Yeah, like male athletes kind of just, once they get to the elite level in a lot of these sports kind of just have it made. And female athletes, it's very much like not going to be their safety net or, I definitely knew there was a discrepancy, but that is literally crazy. Like male athletes still make like half a million dollars and like female athletes like, you know, that's a pretty low starting salary for... Yeah, it totally is. And, like, I know people always make the argument that it's based on the revenue of the team. So, like, you know, oh, it makes sense that female athletes are paid less. But you have to be asking yourself, like, why is the difference in revenue, like, so large? Like, why does no one care about the WNBA or, yeah. you know? Well, yeah. even, like, I'm, I'm not very big into soccer, so forgive me if I miss the year I won't even know either (laughs) yeah but my like I was talking to somebody recently and they were like oh I I wish like I wish like the U.S. soccer team like won like the world cup and I was like well didn't like the women's U.S. team just win the world cup like the last time or something like something recently and they were like yeah but like it's different I was like why it's not (laughs) yeah it's there still are countries team like I just, yeah, you definitely don't see female athletes get nearly as much of the media attention or the spotlight 
as male athletes, even when they're a lot better. Yeah. Is, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, I feel like it's kind of sad because I feel like society, in a way, almost kind of, you know, makes us like that because I, like I said, I'm not super big into sports at all. Like, I'll watch occasionally, but, like, you know, just, like, through, you know, being inside to be on social media, I know a lot of, like, male NFL players, men, NBA players, but I know, like, very few female athletes besides, like, I don't know, you know, like, the really famous ones, like Serena Williams or... yeah. I would say that's true. There's a lot fewer household names for female athletes compared to male athletes. You don't see people wearing their jerseys or you don't see their paraphernalia being sold at all of these different like sporting goods stores or whatever. Like definitely they aren't the idols, the athletic idols in the same way. Mm -hmm. And part of me wonders if that is because the focus isn't really on their performance a lot of the time yeah like even when you look at what the uniforms are between male and female athletes what people are wearing you know on the court or on the field like it's a lot different and it's a lot more geared towards sex appeal honestly yeah just an interesting difference to note yeah yeah I also have a question this is like obviously moving away a little bit from the body confidence thing but just kind of curious with your experience as an athlete at USC for people who don't know, like, I feel like <laughs> the USC football players are very, very, we'll just say well taken care of to, like, right. not <laughs> controversial, but, like, they literally, like, have, you know, like, they have these little, like, motorized bikes that they, like, ride around Motor- on the <laughs> yes. and so, yeah. and, like, it's to my knowledge that those are, like, given to them, and so I'm just kind of wondering, like, if you feel like there's some, like, I, I also, I also do recognize, you know, that the USC football team probably brings in the most money to the school, but I'm still just curious as like, if you think there's kind of unequal treatment, even within USC of like the athletes and specifically like male athletes versus female athletes. I mean, just like your perks. (laughs) Short answer. Yes. (laughs) I don't obviously want to like say anything that bad about it, but like I definitely think that, there's a fav- there's favoritism in the department, which, uh, granted, football supplies like most of our funding for every other sport that yeah. we have. But I definitely do think that the USC football players are treated better than other athletes, other sports teams, male or female. Like, there's definitely once like once again that hierarchy of sports just based on how we're perceived by the department and they they do get some extra perks that like the yeah. other teams don't get yeah yeah so. and no one get mad i love usc i love love usc football. they work hard i was just curious <laughs> no yeah because like i mean at the end of the day like everyone is working hard like everyone yeah. is grinding and it can seem at times unfair when certain privileges are given out that others don't receive, but I think it's come to be expected in athletics in general, not just at USC, like, female athletes, like, know that they're not going to be treated the same. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but, you know, hopefully that comes to change eventually, but... Right. (laughs) All right, well, any other 
kind of like my last discussion point is just anything else that you kind of thought of during this or you think would be interesting to listeners in in regard to this topic I mean I think the biggest obviously like there's a lot of barriers to entry for a lot of these sports and one of them can totally be you know perception Mm -hmm. and the optics of that sport and how women feel that their bodies will change within that sport but if I've learned anything, like, I am definitely at my most confident when I'm training, and I wouldn't sacrifice that for anything, even if it meant being a lot skinnier or less strong or not having as much bulk or muscle, so I'd say, like, at the end of the day, it's definitely worth it. It's worth your sport. Like, you shouldn't be afraid to be good at your sport, Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, Well, thank you so much for being here and talking to us about your experiences. I think it was super interesting. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. Thank you to everyone for listening. If you want to learn more about Flow, follow our at USC Flow and subscribe to this podcast for more episodes.